into the contest. It's Monday the 5th of July. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by Shane Lee. Shane, I got the jab yesterday. Uh, all jabbed up, but no, no clots, mate. All good? <laughs> no, no, all good. We just need everyone to get them without being political. And uh, no, they did it very well, actually. Uh, it was it was run really well, so um, no dramas. And mate, you're cooking big steaks on the weekend, are you? Oh, look at that. Not bad. Not bad, good choice. <laughs> uh, of course, that's a few of my uh, Middle Eastern brothers. And uh, look, Western Sydney Wanderers, we have a winner for the soccer ball. The Spartan ball goes to Lindsay Paxton of Bexley. And uh, Lindsay would have joined us, but he's actually still celebrating. He's of English heritage, still celebrating their win, of course. They're on their way to play Denmark. Yes, exactly. Uh, today on the show, we've got a huge show. New Zealand cricketer Chris Cairns. How good was he? He's going to have a chat with us. And Fox Sports reporter Drew Jones talks AFL. Shane, 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 drama with the Dragons. A party in Wollongong. You know all about those for when you're allowed to have them. But, uh, oh, boy, they've broken some rules and got into trouble. Yeah, not not good from the Dragons, mate, down at Shell Harbour there. Well, Shell Harbour workers is closed, so they've had a, um, a party at Paul Vaughan's house. And, and he was the, the, the St George front rower last year. That was fined, I think, about $10,000 for breaching COVID, going to a cafe in Wollongong. So we should know better, but yeah, 13 Dragons players around there. They've all been fined $1,000 each by the police, and I think $10,000 each by the NRL. So that's one expensive party, but uh, yep, big slap on the wrist for the Dragons. Not good in this current environment. Oh, yeah, they've got to take a deep breath. Yep. They, they put everything in jeopardy, don't they? They put all the sacrifices made. And mm-hmm. look, they had a nail-biting win against the Warriors, but it's, you know, hold off a week or hold off until you can. They get paid extraordinary amounts of money. It was the wrong thing to do. Now, what about uh, Isla Tomjanovic through to the round of 16? Like Ash Barty, I can't wait for that tonight at Wimbledon, but that blow up with Ostapenko. Let's have a little bit of a listen to it. Your behaviour is terrible, terrible. You have zero respect, yes? What'd you make of that? Well, forget about this Paul Gallon fight. That was a cracker, wasn't it? But uh, oh, no. no, look, she, she's on the front foot there, no doubt about. Lost to Penko. Um, well, she's claiming that she's she's faking injuries, and uh, it's a big call to make, isn't it? But uh, yeah, but she's uh, straight in her face, and she ended up winning the match. So um, yeah, Lost to Penko was uh, clearly trying to slow the match down and, and use all all little tricks and tools of the trade there, but uh, it didn't work for her in the end. Nah, she's got some form too, and Ostapenko when she went down injured, and uh, like five down, I'm glad we won, obviously because she's an Australian, but uh, yeah, nothing like a little bit of drama on uh, courtside at Wimbledon. Alright, coming up on Afternoon Sport, a huge round of AFL, Drew Jones from Fox Sports News. Time to talk AFL and the Western Bulldogs on the top of the table, Drew Jones. And they're unveiling players from everywhere. Clinical performance, wasn't it, boys, uh, against the Kangaroos? Not sure they were going absolutely at their very best, but they did what they needed to do against a North Melbourne team that's actually been playing some pretty decent footy over the last month. They've got their ducks in a row after a slow start to the season under David Noble. So um, the Dogs still had to get their hands dirty at Marvel Stadium to ensure they keep that spot at the top of the table. Um, Cody Waitman was the big surprise, wasn't he? Early on, he slotted a few goals. Um, It was Josh Bruce last time against North Melbourne. He kicked 10, but this time the young man stepped up with the long locks um, to wow all of us. Um, But, you know, Tom Libertore was again impressive. He's 
strengthening his All-Australian case. Mm. Um, and, yeah, the dogs at the moment kind of look like the team to beat, don't they? They do, mate. Now, let's um, a result I didn't see coming, but I'm very happy with, I'm sure you're not, was Sydney 118 versus West Coast 26th. The West Coast could not could not turn the ball over, could they? The, the, the Sydney was just dominant from, from all the way from the from the back pocket right through, and, and Buddy kicked three goals now and I think 976 goals for his career. Yeah, West Coast were a bit of a punching bag yesterday, and that's yeah. what tends to happen at GMHBA Stadium. So I've made I've made the trip down the highway twice to watch them <laughs> this season, and the loot, combined losing margin is nearly two hundred points. Um, so I've I'd made, love to play the violin for you, but I just can't do it. I've made the vow never again. Um, one of my best mates lives in Geelong, so I'll happily go to to G Town to see him, but not to <laughs> to watch football. Um, but this is interesting because the Swans of late probably didn't look like they had this sort of performance in them. I agree. So they've bounced back not only to form, but I think they've just shown us again um, that their very best is capable um, of beating the best. And West Coast aren't in that top echelon of sides, but they would have beaten just about anyone yesterday, the Swans. So they'll take a lot of heart from that performance. And um, we get that, you know, the cherry on top is, you know, the buddy goal. And, oh, that was amazing. But the, the hard work done around the contest and the excellent defensive structure, that's what stands in good stead to be competitive down the road. Yeah, and it was a pivotal win because they, they were going neck and neck. And to get that win, GWS's win over Melbourne was also a very good win for them. But the game that stands out to me, of course, is the Gold Coast win over Richmond. I mentioned it the other day that I, I think that the, the hijinks and dramas of the off-season with Damien Hardwick, it's starting to take its toll. It, look, it obviously isn't obvious, but you could just see the fractures in that organisation that weren't there. Yeah, well, they're just not They're not going along quite as well as they were off the field this year um, in, than in previous years. And they've had little hiccups here and there. If you think about the um, Sydney Stack and Callum Coleman-Jones at the kebab shop um, in the hub last year, you know, they haven't been perfect, but they've been able to maintain almost perfection on the field, but eventually it, it will take its toll um, and it has this season. So they've lost now three in a row, which we don't see too often from the Tigers, but it's more been the manner of the defeats, particularly against St Kilda where they only kicked a couple of goals. And then Gold Coast probably should have won by a lot more, but for inaccurate kicking. But the Suns get the job done and they don't win too many games in Melbourne. So it is a bit of a shock to see them to come in and get the job done at Marvel against the Tigers. So yeah, they're out of the eight, and this time of the season, the Tigers are never outside the finals calculation. So it's going to be a battle for them to even make the eight, and it doesn't look like they're going to be challenging for silverware, does it? No, it doesn't. And just finally, Drew, uh, Port Adelaide 87 uh, beat the Hawks 53, but the game I could want to talk about was the Cats. They sort of controlled the game, most, well, most of the match versus Essendon 57. Yeah, again, flexing their muscles. The yep. Cats, are the, they're the chameleons of the competition. Yeah, sure no matter who they play against, they can mould their game to get the job done. Essendon have been really exciting in the way they've played. The Cats blunted all of that excitement, made the game on their terms. Um, and Patrick Dangerfield had a massive game, as I'm sure you would have seen. He's back to his absolute best after that ankle injury earlier in the season. Yeah, and uh, look, it came at a cost with the injury to Cameron. But uh, I do like Geelong. They are my flag favourites personally. Drew, good to talk. We'll catch you soon. Take care in lockdown, boys. Coming up on the show, Chris Cairns. He was one of the best cricketers I've ever seen play the game. He's with us next on Afternoon Sport. Rugby. It's a game they play in heaven. 
Look out for our podcast, The Running Game, where Matt Dunning joins me, Tim Gilbert. Each week, we speak to players, coaches and legends of the game. We look at the game from every angle at all levels, from test rugby, the club game, city to country and the way it's played at school. The Running Game. Come find us on your podcast app. All right, it's time to talk cricket, and New Zealand is on top of the world. One of the best of all time when it comes to New Zealand cricket is Chris Cairns, and he joins us. How are you, Chris? Very well, thank you. Chris, thanks for coming on the show, mate. Look, I think I've still got a bruise on the inside of my thigh from a county game <laughs> playing against you in 1996, mate, Knots versus Somerset, and uh, it's still I can still feel it today, mate. How are you? Well, I'm surprised to that. Sort of ball off your thigh, go for six at Somerset? Or... <laughs> Probably did, mate. But I tell you what, my, my, my brother Brett... Um, Brett said uh, both personally and, and publicly that uh, you were the toughest batter he ever bowled to. And look, he dismissed Tendulka more than anyone's. That, that's a huge rap from Brett. Yeah, I, I saw that sort of floating around. And I was like, yeah. well, it sort of belies the fact that I was shitting my pants the entire time I faced him. <laughs> um, look, he's, a, he's a, a real competitor and scary fast. Like on his yeah. day, mate, especially like in Wellington with a, uh, the a, a sort of a, you know, the wind up his ass and then coming <laughs> sort of down into that but he was always you know he was always a fierce competitor and and that bowling lineup in conjunction with um, McGrath and Gillespie and Warney yeah. um, that that quartet arguably the, the greatest two that played the game yeah they certainly dominated that era didn't they that's for sure what about this current New Zealand team Chris uh, to, to get to the top of the rankings in test cricket with with the new championship that that was just superb and a bit of a sign of, of the modern times it got some really good players yeah and is that to say we were crap before to me <laughs> um well 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 i reckon that when you were crap was around when ken rutherford murphy sewer and richard de Groon, but that predates your time so you got nothing to worry about <laughs> but mate that, that team we always had a good time though um, <laughs> yeah. these guys, I think you're, you're exactly right, Tim. I mean, these, these guys have been, I, I think, an, a, a unit uh, in the making. I mean, you look back to 2015 World Cup final, 2019 World Cup final, um, and then capping it off with this um, uh, win over, you know, against a very, very good all-round Indian side. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's, it's a great feat. It, re- it really is. So, you know, hats off to the, to the, to the unit that's been um, brought on and, and, Remember, behind the scenes, there's always someone who's, you know, orchestrating things, and that's Gary mm. Stead. Uh, he yep. doesn't get talked about very much at all. Uh, mm. I played with Steady at Canterbury um, in New Zealand, sort of for a lot of my career. He's very astute, um, very polished um, studier of the game, and someone who doesn't, you know, sort of need the limelight. And um, so, you know, as much as we look at the players, I think, you know, he's a real unsung hero in that, um, in that whole um, um, accolade that's going to the New Zealand team, and rightly so. Kenzie, we'll talk about the bowls in a minute, but um, Kane Williamson, uh, as a batsman, he seems never to change his mode of play, no matter what the situation of the game. He he is he is the rock that uh, this team has been built around, and Ross Taylor as well. But yeah, Kane Williamson, he's he's a, he's a world better, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And you know, you talk about Shannon, I mean, you know as well, like uh, guys that play late, and and mm. from, I mean, he plays unbelievably late. Yeah, um, you know, to be up to be able to manipulate the ball to fall before it gets to the slips. Um, you know, yeah. he's 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 quite remarkable. Probably the closest I reckon when, you know, we were playing would be uh Dravid. I th- I thought yeah. Dravid was 
was someone that did that, just killed, could kill the ball. Mm. Um, and Kane has an uncanny knack of doing that, which means that he's going to, you know, he score runs on semi pitches and he'll score runs on turning pitches um, because he can he can play that late and uh, you know as well as his leadership. Um, so he's a you know a follow me sort of um, mm. type of guy. It looks like from from the outside, but uh, yeah, rem- remarkable player. I mean, I've I I hold Martin Crow and. You know, huge esteem. Um, yeah. You know, as a player, but I think you know, Kane. Kane has surpassed uh, Martin for me. Was probably more the the artist um, with how he played and, and what he could do. But Kane Williamson for, for pure consistency was the yeah. That's a, it's a big, it's a big call. Yeah, he just had those silky skills, didn't he? God rest his soul, Martin Crow. He reminded me so much of Greg Greg Chapel at the crease and just the manner in which they went about their business. So you've been in Australia long enough to almost go for Australia, don't you, Chris? Almost? <laughs> um, no. Uh, I, uh, although, I, although I do have, like, I've got uh, my, my three kids uh, are all Australian over here. I've got mm. two from a previous marriage to a South African. So I actually have, um, I, I have spawned nothing from New Zealand with New Zealand citizenship. <laughs> so I'm, um, I'm sort of uh, very much tri-nations uh, focused. But uh, no, my, my kids are Australian, but yeah, no, no chance. Hey, Chris, what do you think it'll do yeah. to the um, to, to cricket now in New Zealand? Um we, we all know it's a huge rugby nation um, and cricket's always been there and thereabouts, but will this give it a real shot in the arm, do you think? I don't know, man. It's a good question. And, you know, it's we've, <clears throat> we've ebbed and flowed at times mm. in New Zealand with regards to, you know, producing um, probably some um, some some champion players with a with a hint of a, a year or two of some really good performances, um, but I think the level of consistency that's been shown um, by this New Zealand team in particular, uh, plus you know the the deals they've been trying to do about I think looking from afar trying to get the game back on free to air, um, yeah. sort of getting some you know some some profile, um, but it's a rugby nation. And um, and New Zealand does does well, I think. You know, you know, when you consider the population base to do what it does. So you know, it's a it's a credit to the establishment and and, and what they've got in place over there that's producing this type of talent. You know, yeah. to pull a six to pull a six foot eight fast bowler out of nowhere. <laughs> so yeah, I know. That's that's really helpful too. Chris, your dad was a fantastic cricketer, mate. Any of your kids showing any sporting talent? Um, yeah, da- the old boy was. Uh, you know, he, mate, they, I remember there's this great article or just a couple of lines in the article when I first came over here um, to. Um, and they sort of said, um, oh, you know, when young Chris Cairns came out to bat, we just wished his backside was a little broader, his shoulders, shoulders a little bigger, and his forearms a little larger. In fact, we just wished that he was his dad. Um, so, so sort of passing that on. And Dad and I, we only had five years between um, him finishing in 85 and me starting in 89. So, oh, wow. like, the, the previous record was about 15 years, I think, or if, if there's if – is such a thing as a record, but yeah. it was about 15 years. So, you know, we, there was a really close gap. Dad had me when he was 20. So there was a really close gap between him and I. And the good thing with my kids is that, you know, I'm really old now. So like my kids, <laughs> my, they're like this, there's no, um, you know, a- acknowledgement, you know, between them sort of moving forward. But coming back to your question, um, they, They've gone into to different things. Noah, um, my middle, he's, he loves his basketball and he plays baseball um, here in, in Canberra. Um, uh, Gus, my four-year-old, he loves rugby. Uh, and Isabel is a, 
uh, she's 10 and she's a very, very good tennis player. Um, so, look, the, the sporting um, side of it will always be a big part of our family, but uh, no, cricket hasn't, hasn't featured as yet. I still remember that innings in Melbourne with uh, that, that bat, that unique bat that your dad had when he just smacked sixes left, right and centre. It was quite extraordinary. Well, man, did you see that? Because I love that old footage they're running on mm. uh, on mm. Fox, sort of, you know, that like in the 80s and the 70s and they were having those classic games and, you know, the old MCG with the wooden seats and the crowd and, and everybody with their shirts off and not so sun smart. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, going around. But dad, because in that game, he's young, like Aussie's got 300. Uh, which was like mm. going to the moon back then. Yeah. And um, New Zealand, when he went to bat, I think they were like seven for 120 or something. So they were they were gone. And then he just mm. – and, and DK hit him first ball in the head. Um, so Dennis has come in and bounced the first up, pinged him. <laughs> it's gone down the third man. And so then Dad's gone, oh, stuff this. <laughs> so he just oh. teed off. <laughs> wow. And, um, it was oh, yeah. extraordinary. And they were full noise, right? So there was no boundary in or like everything was over the fence. And um, and also the bats back then. I mean, his yeah, bat good. back then would just be made that would be a toothpick these days. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it was a great thing. Chris, finally, uh, what, what was it like playing against Shane Lee? Um, swashbuckling all-rounder <laughs> that he was. Well, look, I, 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 I honestly feel um, sorry for that era that he played in as an all-rounder here in Aussie because, I mean, I – as an all-rounder, for me, there's a lot of nuance in what goes in what goes on. You know, mm. I mean, as a bowler, um, uh, can you replace either Bradley Gillespie or, or McGrath, or as a batter, can you replace anything from um, Langer and Hayden down to, to Martin? So, and then and then you've got Gilchrist. And, he was the all-rounder, <laughs> exactly, mate. So, when it comes to most other teams, it was always you know you, you could afford to have um, that all rounder as the third seamer, or you could sort of bat them at six because your your number six you know wasn't that flash. Um, so, but in Australia, man, that that team that they had during you know Shane's era, to and to, for an all rounder in a Test match game, I mean, you had to have you know that was a hard ask, and I mean, I, I don't think any. Any rounder, unless you were sort of like, uh, should we say, a, a, a Sobers who bats four, or a Callis who bats four, uh, or or a, um, a, a, an Imran Khan or a Kapil Dev uh, and Hadley, you know, leading the bowling lineup. I mean, mm-hmm. being being that specialised all rounder uh, in that era of, of Shane's was, and well, I mean, just mate, you know, the cricketers that were there, like guys like Jamie Siddons who didn't even get a yeah, right. neither did yeah. Stewie Law. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some unbelievable talent. Um, around that time, it was a special time in Australian cricket, which made it tough to get in. So, and good fun. You played. A, fun. You played 150 tests of the nightlife. That's for sure. <laughs> Chris Cairns, uh, look, uh, um, so nice to talk to you. I know that uh, you're, you're good mates with my brother Kieran in Canberra. It's a great place to live, and we really uh, appreciate you coming on Afternoon Sport. Pleasure. Thanks, fellas. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you, of course, today to Chris Cairns and to Drew Jones. And thank you to Spartan Sports, Shane. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. And, of course, thank you to our producer, Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.